Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In today's episode, I really want to spend some energy validating all of you parents out there who feel sabotaged, who feel like your baby books did not prepare you for what to expect if you have a dog at home already. Because in many cases, your dog was your first baby, and you might be thrown for a loop by how your dog is responding to your newborn or even your toddler. And so today, I am sharing with you a question and comment from one of my students, Kira, as she tells us a little bit about what brought her to me. She is already on the right track, and I really applaud her intuition, but the reason I'm sharing her words with you directly is because I feel that she can articulate exactly how many of you are feeling. Hope you enjoy. Hi, Michelle. My name is Kira. I have a seven-year-old miniature golden doodle named Mia and a eight-month-old son named Kane. Mia is my first baby. She is super smart, very easy to train, loving, affectionate, just an overall well-rounded dog. Um, But I do think that Kane's movements and noises stress her out. Um, She growled at him yesterday. um, And, you know, I I think that was enough of a, a warning shot for me that it was time to take the next step and make sure that both my babies are safe. Um, I do, I do, I I never leave them alone. I will start with saying that. And I always am, you know, playing defense between them. So like currently I'm sitting on the floor, Kane's on my right, Mia is on my left. They are never alone together or close together. However, there are times where Kane decides to crawl over my lap and, you know, try to be affectionate with Mia and she is good. She tolerates it, I would say. Um, But I am always quick to intervene. But I guess, you know, yesterday he startled her and it was enough to to send that warning um, to me that, that, you know, we need to take some extra steps. Um, The thing that I'm noticing with her is that she prefers to stay away from the baby, but she wants to be close to me. So I, I was listening to a podcast um, that you did and, you know, you, you mentioned that sometimes that can be tricky because the dog is willing to put themselves in uncomfortable situations in order to remain close to the human, even though they don't want to be with the baby. Um, so I'm excited to take your class. I'm excited to um, have a consult with you and kind of figure out what we can do to help the situation. Thanks. I want to start by thanking Kira for letting me share her voice with you directly and again to compliment her on her intuition because she is absolutely on the right track. Some of the language Kira is using is so relevant because she's talking about how she feels like she needs to play defense all the time and I can totally understand what that feels like 
because you're juggling literally and you're sitting there with one child on one side of you and your fur baby on the other side of you and it can be really hard to control where your baby cane wants to move and of course Mia is super adorable and so it's absolutely natural that cane wants to crawl over your lap and get close to her Kane is also in a developmental stage where the baby wants to start touching and feeling and grasping fur. And of course, a mini golden doodle is going to have luscious, soft, wonderful fur that feels really great. So I would actually start with possibly some stuffed animals or other objects that we can try to use to draw Kane's attention away from Mia and onto something that is more appropriate so that if Kane grabs or pinches by accident or wants to touch the eyeballs of the stuffed animal, nobody's going to get hurt in the process. And being able to redirect is often a ninja parenting trick that we learn while we're in the trenches. So this is one simple example of a way that we can run that defense as we are working with our kids and dogs at the same time. I do also want to draw some attention to what you mentioned, Kira, about our dogs sometimes being in a place of conflict. And it makes me so happy that you heard my other podcast episodes about this. But dogs often want to stay close to their adult humans because we make them feel safe. And sometimes that puts our dogs in a really tricky situation because if they're near us, then that means by default that they're near our children. And the children might be making the dogs feel uncomfortable. So there is a very common misconception that a lot of parents have, which is, if my dogs don't like it, they will leave. But unfortunately, most dogs don't know how to do that. They don't realize that there are other options that might feel safer. And so when I work with my families, this is a skill that we do sometimes work on where we can support the dog and reward the dog for making choices that include leaving the room that we are currently in. And I know it's counterintuitive. We want to be near our dogs, but sometimes we all need a break. And if we can give our dog a safe place to be, or what I call a yes space, where the dog can always say yes, and it's off limits to other family members, including newly mobile toddlers, then our dog can be more present later. Another point that Kira brings up is the concept of tolerance. Now, I believe that tolerance is too low of a bar and that we shouldn't expect our dogs to put up with things that life throws at them. However, there is some truth to that, that we do need our dogs to be able to handle random things that might happen that are unpleasant. So for example, if our baby is learning to crawl and they accidentally put their knee on the dog's tail, then we should absolutely expect that the dog stands up and moves away or that the dog might grumble a little bit before moving and taking space. And it would be absolutely unacceptable for our dog to instantly turn and bite our child for such a small infraction. I used to debate about tolerance with my mentor, Trish King, because she naturally believed that dogs should be able to be tolerant because that's part of what makes them a great housemate. And I don't entirely disagree, but I think the label, quote, tolerance is something that we as humans need to 
shift the expectation that our dog shouldn't have to put up with stuff because we're going to protect our dogs and prevent them from having to deal with some things that are developmentally appropriate to kids. And this is where I think some of the baby books throw us under the bus a little bit because they may say that children at a certain age are very grabby and like to poke things and are very experimental with the world and they want to see how other creatures respond, for example. But they don't necessarily give you a context to put a picture in place that if you have a dog in your family, for example, that you need to anticipate that your toddler is going to literally try to poke your dog in the eye to see what happens. Now, this isn't a bad kid. This is a very developmentally appropriate behavior. And what Kira is doing by sitting on the floor between Kane and Mia, she is able to interfere if necessary, by putting up a hand or raising a knee and blocking the movement so that Kane cannot reach over and grab Mia and make her feel uncomfortable. Of course, there are also some other dog training strategies that we can implement so that we can ask Mia for some alternate behaviors. And there are also some age-appropriate games that we can start to integrate so that Kane can interact with Mia in a really fun and safe way which of course will help Mia think that Kane is one of the best people on the planet. But toddlers make a lot of noise, they make sudden movements, and for many dogs this can be quite unsettling. So it is important that we understand that Mia is entitled to her own feelings and that we help her feel as safe as possible. Kira shared with me what she hopes some of the outcomes will be from taking my online class and working with me. And again, I'm going to share this in her words because she so articulately expresses how so many parents feel. There's a moving target because kids and dogs grow and develop over the course of time. And we sometimes need support at different stages. But I love how Kira shares what some of her goals are for how her family will feel. I'm hoping that at the end of this class, our home will feel a little bit more relaxed again. Um, I want the two of them to have a relationship with each other. I don't need them to be best friends right now. I'm not interested in, you know, these videos and things that you see on Instagram with the baby climbing all over the dog. I don't think that's appropriate. Um, and I, that's not what I'm looking for, but I think I would like some maybe like parallel play between the two of them. Kane is sitting, playing with his toys. Mia is, you know, laying next to him and the two of them are next to each other and safe and comfortable. And I can have my eyes on them, but I don't have to be so on edge and so ready to intervene because she is stressed out. So I think I just want some peace at the end of this. I wanted to thank Kira again for being brave and vulnerable and sharing what so many parents are feeling about sometimes feeling overwhelmed and a little bit taken by surprise at how our dogs might react to our precious new human babies. And these reactions can happen even with the best dogs. And in fact, That's often the case, and I want you to feel supported and less alone because these are issues that most baby books will never prepare you for. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to the Pooch Parenting Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave a review. But even better yet, tell a friend. Are you in some mom's groups, perhaps? Or maybe you're friendly with your pediatrician. Please let them know that resources like this exist because the information that I share with my people goes beyond what most baby books offer, and a lot of parents need support. You'd be doing them a favor. Thanks again. Have a great day.